Are You Just Watching is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network from noodle.mx. And check out the other podcasts over there. We're also sponsored by, well, my company, Djoseph Design from djosephdesign.com. Check it out. I can design a website for you, presentation for you, or cover art for your podcast. I design stuff. So you should hire me to design stuff for you and make your next message look or sound great. Are you just watching? I'm Daniel Lewis. And I'm E. Franklin. Welcome back to another episode where we share critical thinking for the entertained Christian. That's you! (laughs) And hopefully this podcast is entertaining to you too, (laughs) not just the movies that we talk about. But if you're subscribed to this, then it's probably a good indication that we're entertaining or educational to you in In some way. way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have been doing a lot of these initial reactions because there have been a lot of good movies coming out lately. Mm -hmm. And we have press passes now. Yes, (laughs) so it's easy to get access to most of these good movies. One of these good movies that came... Oh, I haven't mentioned. This is (laughs) Initial Reactions 12. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. And and Inception. Inception. Yes. So... Before I get into talking about, we're going to talk about both of those Mm -hmm. briefly, very briefly, and we'll have some spoiler-free sections at the very beginning. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about our sponsor. We do have a sponsor right now, and for now. Our sponsor is Citrix, makers of GoToMeeting.com. Right now, you're getting this content from us through the internet. Would you want to travel all the way over here to my studio just to listen to this and then travel all the way back home? You might, and then if you did, then you probably need help. But you do the same thing when you go to meetings. You travel, you have the travel expense, the time. You know the easiest way to have a meeting is to do it online. And the easiest way you can do that is with the software brought to you by Citrix. It's called Go to Meeting. Simply set up your meeting in advance, and then you can start it right from your computer, and everyone else can see it right on their computer screen. There's even a way to watch meetings, participate in meetings on an iPad. You gotta check it out. Go to gotomeeting.com slash podcast to get free go to meeting for 45 days. That's a great value. Visit gotomeeting.com slash podcast podcast. Thank you, Citrix, for supporting us. Now, I have been loving some of these movies that we've been to see recently. And the first one, we'll talk about briefly both of them spoiler free. Mm -hmm. But the first one was The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Here's some of the music by Trevor Rabin. Now, Eve, 
Did you get a chance to see Sorcerer's Apprentice? I have not gone. I'm flying blind oh. on this one. <laughs> yeah, you weren't available when it came out in theaters. So I took another friend, actually my co-host from The Ramen Noodle mm-hmm. at theramennoodle.com. I took <laughs> him to see The Sorcerer's Apprentice with me, and he liked it too. Let's have a spoiler-free moment of both... That's easy for me. Yeah, of both <laughs> Sorcerer's Apprentice and... Inception. Inception. Sorcerer's Apprentice came out in the uh, last week. It came out in the beginning of July. And it's a classic story, but Mm -hmm. retold in a very modern way. And it has the only major known actor in it is Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm. And he does a pretty good job in it. First thing, though, I thought as a criticism of Sorcerer's Apprentice is at the very beginning of it, it felt like a movie trailer. It was moving that fast hmm. at the very beginning that it almost seemed like Michael Bay kind of that <laughs> fast. Well, nothing was blowing up. <laughs> no sexual visuals. <laughs> no, no, not in the first bit. But that first bit was so fast. I just had to kind of catch myself and realize, hey, the movie is actually starting. This isn't a trailer. Pay attention. This is a lot of stuff is happening right here. But it was a really neat movie. Lots of fun. Great soundtrack. (laughs) That always makes a movie good. Oh, yes. Even cheap movies. People have told me that apparently I like cheap movies that have great soundtracks. (laughs) And Sorcerer's Apprentice was clean. That's good. And it's a family movie by Disney. Mm -hmm. Now, clean in the sense of no sexual content Mm -hmm. in it. But it does have, obviously, a lot in it about magic. Mm-hmm. But from an entertainment perspective, it was a lot of fun. And it certainly presents some discussion points, which we will mention a couple of those in a little bit. But I definitely enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I'll want to see it again when it comes out on DVD. Now, Eve, what did you think of Inception? Oh, it was a fantastic movie. I haven't I've been telling everybody I've talked to this week since we went to see it that they need to go see Inception. It's it's um kind of a little mind-boggling because it deals with, you know, the whole concept of what is real and and mm. how do you define reality. And I think it did it better than the the movie everybody thinks about when it, dealing with reality is Matrix. And I think that this movie dealt with the idea of reality in a more real fashion <laughs> than Matrix did. And it was just a lot of fun to watch. Did you like The Matrix? I did like The Matrix, but I it's been a very long time since I've seen it. I did not like The Matrix. Mm, yeah. But I liked Inception. Mm-hmm. Inception was really cool. I didn't realize how much had been played up mm-hmm. by the media and hyped up by people. I hadn't even really heard anything about it until we went to sh- went to see the the promo showing that we mm-hmm. went to and the guy that was sitting next to me in the theater it was a packed out theater I oh, mean yeah. they had every seat filled the guy who was sitting next to me he said he had been on the edge of his seat for three months waiting for this movie to come out he was just extremely excited about it and I'm like I never even heard of it <laughs> There are so many scenes in the movie that have you on the edge mm-hmm. of your seat. Had us on the edge of it our seat. It was engrossing. It just Yeah. And there was it was multi-level. The story that was going on was so multi-level. Mm. And yet you, they did it in such a way that you could follow every right. story. Yeah, that's like another movie, Prestige, is kind of hard to follow 
which storyline is going on at the time. Mm-hmm. But I think Inception was done really well. Mm-hmm. Now, the guy that produced Inception, Christopher Nolan, do you know the other movies he's produced? I think they said in some of the trailers, but I've off the top of my head, I can't remember which ones they were. Memento. Okay. Also a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Both of the new Batman movies. Mm. Very good movies. Oh, yes. And I can't remember some of the others. <laughs> but still, mm-hmm. good movies. Right. Like, well done. And for the most part, his movies tend to be clean as far as mm-hmm. sexual content. And even like we've seen with the Batman movies, mm-hmm. pretty much free of foul language as well, mm-hmm. which is really surprising for action and three um, PG-13 movies. Mm-hmm. Inception was PG-13, mm-hmm. I think. It had foul language in it, yes. Mm-hmm. But there was no overt sexual content in it. No. Just one scene like in the morning that they were in bed together. They're obviously married, though. Mm -hmm. That makes the point, I think, that they were married at that time. But nothing like that you'd have to Mm -hmm. run away from. Now, it does have a lot of just really point-blank violence in it. I mean, people getting shot, um, people jumping out of windows, people doing, you know, things that you would not want to have to explain to your children if you took them into a movie. So I would you know be a little leery about that i mean it's it is a, a remarkably clean movie for the kind of movie it is i mean when you realize that Ma- the matrix was actually rated r um it's nice to have something like this that isn't rated r but mm-hmm. there is a lot of violence in the movie okay anything else unspoilerish mm. well i i can tell you one thing if you're watching the trailers the trailers really they give you all the really cool pieces of the film but it's really hard to get a feel for what the actual story is from watching the trailer you're, you're going to yes. be totally surprised when you go and sit through the movie because the trailer ruins nothing <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those kinds of movies that really leaves you thinking mm-hmm. afterward mm-hmm. and um, by the way sorcerer's apprentice if you watch it stay through through the credits there is something at the end so did they play, pay any homage to the Mickey Mouse Fantasia? Yes, they did. They did. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great that they did. All right. So if you haven't seen either of the movies yet and you don't want to be spoiled, then stop now and come back later after you've seen the movies, either of them. <laughs> we'll do this one at a time. So it will be Sorcerer's Apprentice first, and then we'll talk about Inception more. So, uh, But I will tell you, that there is so much between the two. Mm-hmm. There's so much just an inception to talk about. And Inception was such an engrossing movie for me that... It was hard to take notes. Yeah, it was <laughs> because I was also trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I would hear something and I'd want to write it down, but I'm trying to figure out what's going on. That's why we say you should watch a movie and enjoy it first, first before right. you try thinking mm-hmm. critically about it. So this will be very initial reactions. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be even as thorough as we normally are because we can pr- almost definitely promise we'll do episodes on these later. When they come out on DVD. Yeah. So that's the end of the spoiler section. Okay. <laughs> I mean, spoiler free. Spoiler- <laughs> the spoiler section. Now the spoiler section. <laughs> sorcerer's apprentice had of course it's full of magic Mm -hmm. and scripture has a lot well not a lot 
<laughs> scripture has some things to say about magic. And interestingly, scripture documents occurrences of what we would call magic. Mm-hmm. And those are in two forms. One, miracles. Mm-hmm. That some people might call a miracle, magic, but it's really God working outside of the laws of physics and nature that he has ordained. He right. created them so he can act outside of them. Right. The second thing that scripture does record instances of is demonically infused power in the mm-hmm. supernatural. For example, the plagues in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh... Well, you know the story. Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go. So God wanted to show himself powerful and break Pharaoh and the Egyptians Mm -hmm. in the process of letting the people go. And so there were the 10 plagues. And during several of the plagues, like the frogs and the water turning to blood, when Moses went and initiated the plague. Even casting down his staff and it becoming a snake. And when he picked it back up, it became a staff again. And the magicians in Egypt, in the pharaoh's court were able to do the same thing right which is we would call that magic, magic. Mm-hmm. what gets me though looking back at that story is like when it came to the gnats and the mm-hmm. frogs they couldn't and the blood. fix it <laughs> yeah just duplicating it wasn't fixing the problem it was just making the problem worse it's like let's uh, let's not show how you can turn water into blood let's figure out how you turn blood into back into water <laughs> I can just imagine Pharaoh, great job, guys, but I wanted you to do it the other way. way. (laughs) So scripture does record that it is possible, some of these things. Mm -hmm. And being in martial arts, I hear things about what other people do. And this is one of the reasons some people get turned off by martial arts is they think it's all about this supernatural power magic stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not. But some people take it to that extreme. So I've heard many things, and my own sensei mm-hmm. has said he's witnessed things, and he, as a born-again Christian, says, those are things I don't want to ever be around again. I don't want to get into that. Mm-hmm. I've learned some of them, but I don't want to do them because I believe those are evil things. Right. So magic is possible mm-hmm. in what, what we're calling magic to an extent. Right. What's interesting in Sorcerer's Apprentice is... They don't call it all magic. Mer, uh, the the sorcerer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Balthazar said to his apprentice, Dave, at one point, that it's not just magic. He was having this conversation with Dave who is a physicist studying Mm -hmm. physics. And Dave was saying, so is it science or is it magic? And Balthazar said, well, it's both. Mm -hmm. And some of the descriptions of that, yeah, makes sense that what is magic is part science. Because if we took what we can do today Mm -hmm. and did it a thousand years ago, people would say, oh, they're magicians. Mm -hmm. They're they can do magic stuff, send pictures through the air. To I can't remember things. where the quote came from, but I think somebody had said once that sufficiently complex science is mad or magic is, or it's magic or something like that. That mm-hmm. if you, and, and magic could actually be a, um, a manipulation of the elements and forces that are completely natural that 
we don't necessarily know about, but we could find out about using science because all science is, is, is a, uh, is us exploring our natural world and figuring it out. There's always going to be something beyond what we have experienced and figured out. Yeah. And that was in Sorcerer's Apprentice that Mm -hmm. he was saying it's, it's that these magicians, these sorcerers can use all of their brain, mm-hmm. which we're going to hear that theme come up again when we talk about Inception. Yes. That magicians can use all of their brain in order to manipulate the elements. Some things as simple as since heat is, or fire is, heat and fire is the vibration mm-hmm. of atoms or the, the uh, m- you know, tiny particles that being able to infuse fire on something magically mm-hmm. their quotes there is just a matter of making those things vibrate which could be done with the brain potentially and there's a ring that they use to do that but moving on from the magic and science aspect of it most of what they showed though in the movie would still fall under the category of magic <laughs> not just manipulating of science there was a lot of talk in it about destiny Mm-hmm. And Dave, the apprentice, being the next, the new Merlinian, hmm. a new replacement to Merlin, who kind of like Darth Vader was supposed to bring balance to the force. <laughs> and that Merlin is very godlike, it seems, hmm. although he's dead. So <laughs> not too godlike after all. <laughs> but it's said that Dave is the, not new, the prime Merlinian. Mm-hmm. And the sorcerers are ageless, mm. e- eternal, until they're killed by each other, apparently. <laughs> they don't age, I guess. I guess they can be killed, but they don't age. There's a lot of talk about fate and consequences. And, of course, being about magic, there are a lot of symbols in Sorcerer's Apprentice, visual symbols. Mm-hmm. And I really want to go back and look at those symbols and understand what they mean. There is talk about the about Merlin's circle, which mm-hmm. when you stand in the center of the circle, it focuses the energy and helps you concentrate. Later on in the movie, when the big bad evil woman, is sorceress, is trying to destroy the world, like all movies, mm-hmm. all bad people want to do. Never she, quite understood that. Yeah, she <laughs> says she needs to make a circle, but it's not a circle she makes. It's an upside down pentagram Mm -hmm. and that has a lot of Mm -hmm. connotations there which i'm sure made the whole wicca people very unhappy that they used wiccan symbols as the evil because they're always (laughs) trying to say that wicca isn't evil (laughs) yeah (laughs) when you started laughing i was almost expecting you to switch into a witch laugh I just, I think it's hilarious how they're always coming out saying Wicca is, you know, all about the earth and it's all good and there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot more to talk about along the lines of magic and the symbols that are in Sorcerer's Apprentice, but that's just a very brief overview. We'll Mm -hmm. try and do a more thorough discussion later on. So then let's get to Inception. What were your first thoughts critically thinking thoughts about inception they had a lot of commentary about taking steps of faith and i think that i think it's ironic that they were dealing with something as as insubstantial as dreams and yet they were asking people to take steps of faith 
And I think that our our society has a very, or maybe this portrays a societal view of what faith is, that it's something that you just, um, you just step out blindly and, and there's no substantial foundation to taking that step of faith. You just have to step out blindly. And I, that's not what stepping out in faith means, at least to a Christian. It's it's a lot more substantial than that. Right, because we're not just stepping blind. Right, blind, right. We, we're under we're, d- direction. Yeah, and it's not trying to explain this in understandable English it is that our faith isn't just that something will happen our faith is in one who has proven himself to mm-hmm. be faithful right and trustworthy our faith is in him so mm-hmm. we're not just blindly stepping out we are yes closing our eyes to what we want right but we are stepping out trusting that he We'll take care of now, this. it might be stepping out of our comfort zone, which is a totally different thing than mm-hmm. just stepping out, you know, randomly and just, you know, I, I just think that their idea of what a step of faith means is something totally different than what we would truly understand yeah. a step of faith to be. But it's a very religious term because mm-hmm. that the, for them to constantly, it was more than once. I think it was at least twice, possibly even more than that, that it was said directly in the dialogue of the of the film that that asking somebody to step out in faith and i'm like what's their faith in (laughs) (laughs) a parent well we don't really know (laughs) there was a really good quote near the beginning of the movie as Mm -hmm. inception was being discussed is it said an idea well this is kind of paraphrased that i maybe you got this better an idea once ingrained is impossible to eradicate Hmm. and then i had written down i think it was a follow-up to that is an idea is contagious Mm -hmm. yeah so the whole point of inception is they're Mm -hmm. saying it's getting into someone's dreams planting an idea there Mm -hmm. and then reaping from that idea either Mm -hmm. um they, they were there were two different ways of of their dream rating what they were doing is they were actually a group of thieves that were for hire and they would go into dreams to influence people and the influence could go either way either they could influence them to give up secrets that they had hidden in their subconscious or they could plant ideas into their subconscious that that they would then carry back into their own reality and it would actually change their mind on something mm-hmm yeah, Cobb was the leader of that. That's Leonardo DiCaprio's character. And he obviously had something going on. Mm-hmm. And that was that he had discovered Inception originally and mm-hmm. had done it on his own wife. So he's carrying around this guilt because of what happened as a mm-hmm. result of that. And his subconscious of his wife comes through the whole movie. Every time he tries to to influence a dream, his he brings his wife into it, mm-hmm. and she's actually dead. Um, and it's and it's a guilt and a love and a compassion for his family. He was driven away from his family, and the only thing that really drives and motivates him is a desire to return to his family. Mm-hmm. And 
because of that, he's not entirely focused on anything else. And it, it's it's a constant distraction. You see it, especially in their final big job that's like the final half of the movie, um, that the whole movie setting up, that final big job. It's like he's constantly being distracted, you know, mm-hmm. by his his own desire, which his own desire is to see his family. I thought it was neat that they were interesting that they have a dream architect mm-hmm. who creates the, the dream world. world. And they're and they're just not just random worlds, they're mazes. Mm-hmm. Because in order for the dreams to work, they can't they have to keep the subject trapped in the dream. So it can't go anywhere. It has to always circle back on it in on itself. So the person who is the dream architect has to be good at creating very complex mazes. Yeah, I didn't totally get all of that part of it. But <laughs> I definitely want to see Inception again. It was really good movie. But continuing on, a couple other things that stood out. True Inception, or true inspiration is impossible to fake. I loved that line. I think we both wrote it down because yeah. it was just it was so it was just one of those those ding 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 lines. Uh, it's just amazing how people really understand what inspiration really is, mm-hmm. and that to me, we we know that scripture is written under an inspiration of God because that's a, that's actually a, a verse in in the Bible that says that you know all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Second Timothy three sixteen. Yeah, Second Timothy three sixteen, and it's interesting that the attack on scripture in today's world is always on who wrote it. Mm-hmm. If you talk to a skeptic or an atheist, they're always, and you try to use the Bible, the first thing they're going to say is, oh, well, the Bible was just written by a bunch of guys way back and they didn't know anything. But as as the Bible itself claims, and as those of us who are Christians know, true inspiration is impossible to fake. And that's why the Bible is such a an incredible book, because it has lasted for so long. Mm-hmm. And it is it is so... Uh, consistent within itself, even though it was pinned by many men over a very long period of time, the entire story from beginning to end is consistent in its portrayal of who God is. And everything that is in in it is just marvelously consistent to the one voice of God's inspiration. And that's impossible to fake. Right. I like that the actual Greek in Second Timothy three sixteen, where it says all Scripture is inspired by God. Mm-hmm. The actual Greek is God breathed. Mm. That Scripture isn't just inspired in the sense of God just planted an idea, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was but, contagious. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that God actually breathed Scripture, mm-hmm. just kind of like He spoke the world into existence. Scripture is the breath of God. It's inerrant, inspired, infallible mm-hmm. word. And that's those are the three ends that <laughs> everyone attacks, the inerrancy, mm-hmm. the infallibility, and the inspiration of it. I thought it was interesting that um, they said that Inception needs imagination. And it, Inception, of course, is the name given to the technology that allows them to delve and to actually join people in their dreams. Mm-hmm. And that actually is, is a concept that has been done a lot in movies. I, I'm, I can think of, you know, two or three movies that had to do with, you know, playing with the idea of dreams or getting into people's dreams. It's not a new idea, but 
I thought that it was interesting that that the people who were involved said you had to have imagination in order for inception to work. Mm. That you couldn't be somebody who would who would just disbelieve everything you see in a dream. I thought one of the most interesting scenes in the movie is they the they need a dream architect and so um Cobb is trying to hire a a girl to take over the dream architecture because he himself can't do it. He has to remain un, unknowing of what the maze is so he can't create it or he'll bring his wife into it. And so he's talking to this girl and you see him telling her to draw maze. And then the next scene, they're sitting in this little cafe, street side cafe. They're outside at a table and they're talking and he's explaining what Inception is, which is not a, a bad transition for those of us watching the movie because they do that in movies. When you're watching movies, you're, you know, you see one scene start in another location, and then there's usually some kind of transition, and you're just kind of continuing. The conversation. Yeah, you co- you're continuing a conversation in a different location. So it wasn't shocking to us watching the movie, but suddenly he asked the girl, "It's like, how did you get here?" And she's like, "I don't know. We, we just..." And he's like, "That's how dreams are. It's like when 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 you." just are plopped down in the middle of the dream, you don't ever think of how you got there. It's not something that you, you can you try to wrap your mind around when you're in the middle of a dream. You don't try to remember, well, how did I get in the middle of this house? Or how did I get in the middle of this field? Or how did I get here? And it turns out that that, that transition, they were now in a dream. Mm-hmm. And she didn't even realize it, that he had pulled her into this dream and this conversation. And at some point, she, they must have put her to sleep. But once she was in the dream, she did not recall that she was dreaming. And that's one of the mind-boggling things about this movie. Yeah. Along the same lines, think about instead of inception, deception. Mm. Once we are tied into a lie and deceived, right? it's hard to realize how we got there mm-hmm. or that we're in it. Right. Our, our senses have been changed. Mm-hmm. But in this training ritual Mm -hmm. that they're going through Cobb describes to the girl that to I don't remember how to pronounce her names but he describes to (laughs) the girl that she has to have an object that will let her know that she's back in reality right you know what that object I think represented absolutes Mm, it was an absolute object and only she only the dreamer was supposed to ever feel the object right to know it's it's secrets it's intricacies right. and secrets yeah so specially it, weighted dice or a top that turned and and mm-hmm. came off came off of its you know twisting in a certain way all of those things were totems to the particular dreamer yeah so it's an item of absolutes mm-hmm. that helps them know that they're back in reality are you seeing a, something mm-hmm. interesting here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it is absolutes in our world today by which we know and understand reality. Mm-hmm. Now, absolutes of truth that God gave us. Right. And if it wasn't for God's creation and God's creating us, if we just evolved by chance, then there really would be no such thing as an absolute. Mm-hmm. There would be no reason for there to be absolutes. But when God, who created us, created with order and ordained the laws of nature and physics and 
physics and such. And of course, yes, he can act outside of them. Mm-hmm. And that's what miracles are. But when he ordained them, he put in place absolutes. And those absolutes are the things that make reality. Mm-hmm. So we we have to have, we absolutely have to have absolutes. <laughs> also, the they say, speaking of creation, they said that the power of creation was addictive. Yes. And that inception was pure creation because mm-hmm. it was, you had to build everything. Every detail of the dream had to be built. So it was pure creation. Yeah. One of the, the final lines that I had written down was in a discussion, um, and this is a huge spoiler because it will totally ruin the movie if you haven't seen it. Um, it turns out that, that Cobb's wife had died because she thought that her reality wasn't real. She committed suicide. She committed suicide. And and the idea that Cobb had planted in her head in order to get her out of the 50-year dream that they had spent together was your world wasn't real. Only death will free you. That was the idea he, he set in her head. Well, the problem was, is it got her out of the dream, but the idea stayed. And so she, she couldn't believe that the world that she was, her reality that she was living in was, was real because that idea was still burning in her brain that her world wasn't real and only death would free her. And so she thought that she was still dreaming and that if she would just kill herself, that she could wake up. And I thought that was kind of interesting, the whole idea of that this that only death will free you. And mm-hmm. obviously Christians are not suicidal. We're not taught to be suicidal, but we do know that there is a better reality waiting for us on the other side of this life. And I think that it was almost a twist on that idea. That's why death is still in the, in the world, even though, well, death came as a result of sin. Right. And even though we who are redeemed by Jesus Christ, are no longer bound by the laws of sin and death. Mm -hmm. Death is transformed for us. Like the psalmist said, Mm -hmm. oh, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? It's death then becomes the way of freeing us from this bondage of sin, this corrupt world. Mm -hmm. And I'm just quoting scripture verses left and right. (laughs) I can't give you the references at the moment. We'll do that later on when we do the full episode. So that concept is true, Mm -hmm. but it's wrong for us to want to take our lives in an attempt to free ourselves. Well, it's taking us outside of God's plan because in God's perfect plan, he will remove us from this life and Mm -hmm. put us into into our eternity in his time, in his perfect time. Suicide is just our taking, you know, being selfish and saying, well, we we want to speed things up. You know, we want to get out of this life and proceed on to the next. Now, of course, a lot of people suicide out of the belief that there is nothing else and that they're going to end their horrible existence and that's it. And I feel sorry for those people because they're the ones that find out that there is something on the other side and it's Mm. not pleasant. So any other closing thoughts? Well, I do want to say that, you know, because ideas are contagious, (laughs) I thought it might be kind of nice if we set the idea right now that as people go to see this movie or uh, or when the movie comes out on DVD and, and it's an enjoyable movie. So if you haven't seen it, please do go see it, even if you have listened to all of this and think we've ruined it or spoiled it. Um, my contagious idea is tell us what you think. Yes. We want your input, even though we are going to, we are planning to do a full, probably two episode 
um, segment on on, mm-hmm. on our, our regular segment on this movie when it comes out on DVD. We want your input. In fact, it'll be very valuable. You know, we have probably several months before this movie comes out on DVD. We have yeah. plenty of time for people to watch the movie and get and try out their critical thinking skills on it and mm-hmm. give us some really great feedback so that when we come back to this movie, we can include our audience in on the discussion. Yes. Now you can send that feedback to, get, get this, feedback. <laughs> noodle.mx the old email address still works too but this is the new one where everything is going feedback at noodle.mx or call in to 859-353-4332 or leave a comment on the show notes which will be at areyoujustwatching.com slash ir12 and while we're talking about implanting ideas <laughs> I don't have the donate button working yet, but I do want to implant another idea in your mind. You should hire me to design a website for you. <laughs> I'm using my mind and planting that idea in your mind. If you're listening to this podcast while you're sleeping, <laughs> that will help implant the idea much better. You should hire me. <laughs> and Sorcerer's Apprentice, they actually made reference to that. These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> oh boy (laughs) also check out the other podcasts that we offer over at the noodle mix network that's at noodle.mx i've got the audacity to podcast which is a podcast about podcasting which sounds so meta but (laughs) it's got a lot of success right now a lot of new listeners to it and if you're listening coming from there welcome (laughs) Also, check out The Ramen Noodle, which is my podcast that I do with a co-host named Jeremy. And it's a comedy podcast Mm -hmm. about life as a life amateur. (laughs) (laughs) And so just check out our different shows and make sure that you subscribe. Tell someone else (laughs) about the podcast. Now, if you want to keep in touch with us, then I recommend follow me on Twitter.com slash The Ramen Noodle. And I'm on twitter.com slash efranklin. And we'll certainly be releasing more episodes in the coming month before I get married. And then <laughs> we'll see what it's like after, after that. <laughs> Yeah. So let us know what you think. Feedback at noodle.mx or 859-353-4332. I'm Daniel Lewis. And I'm E. Franklin. Thanks for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching? is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design at djosephdesign.com. The opening vocal talent is thanks to Mariah. Our theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis from their exciting Vacation Bible School curriculum, Operation Space, which you can find at AnswersVBS.com. Find more great, clean podcasts like this one at cleancasts.com.